theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. That's what Jesus does. He heals and He saves. He restores. He speaks through the confusion. He shows up and darkness has to flee. He shows up and depression has to go. He shows up and victory is here. That's what Jesus does. He heals cancer and He heals a headache. He restores marriages and He welcomes home the prodigal. That's what Jesus does. He does the impossible. He speaks to the mountain and he speaks to your past and washes it in his blood. That's what Jesus does. Come on and bless him. Hallelujah. We give you praise. Praise God. So good to be in the presence of the Lord. My name is Akeel Thompson. I'm the pastor here at Extraordinary Church and we are the perfect church for imperfect people. I'm a, I am living proof of that. I'm so thankful for the presence of God that we feel. And I want to go ahead and jump into the word of the Lord. Thank you all. I want to encourage you to, if you've not yet done so, share this message with somebody. Invite them to watch with you virtually or tag somebody in Facebook. I believe that the word of God is going to encourage someone this afternoon. And I'm excited to share it with you. Let's open up our Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 6 beginning at verse 8. I'm going to read three different texts today, and uh, we're going to go to Matthew first, then 1 Samuel, and then we'll jump back to the New Testament in the book of Romans. We've been talking about the kingdom, and the kingdom is the message for this hour. I believe that the message of this hour is the kingdom. And so we're going to preach the kingdom again. Look at this, therefore do not be like them. For your father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. I love that. I am so grateful, God, you know that. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 18. 1 Samuel chapter 18, I want to read through verses 5, 6, and 7. 1 Samuel 18, 5. Seven. So David went out wherever Saul sent him and behaved wisely. And Saul sent him over the men of war and he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Now it happened as they were coming home when David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistine that the women had come out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy, and with musical instruments. So the women sang as they danced and and said this, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And then let's go to Romans chapter 14. Romans 14, 17, the passage I'm going to read to you uh, before I even start reading it. The moment I open up my mouth, you'll, you'll know it if you've been in church any amount of time. You will have heard it, uh, but I like to flip there nonetheless. Romans 14, verse 17, praise God. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, 
but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Praise God. I want to preach by the help of God this afternoon, this thought to you, a joyful kingdom, a joyful kingdom. Praise God. Why don't you help me pray? Father, we love you. We exalt you. I pray for an anointing to rest upon the ministry of your word, God. Help me, Lord God, to communicate what I believe you've spoken to my spirit. I believe this kingdom, your kingdom, is the message of the hour. Help me to walk in that anointing that breaks yokes and changes lives, God. Do what only you can do. I'm here to lift you up. I'll fall to the back, God. I'm just the opening act for you to do what you want to do. We give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you clap your hands and to the Lord here. Praise God. And if you're at home, clap your hands unto him as well. And you may be seated for those that are part of our live stream team. A joyful kingdom. Everybody needs joy. Everybody needs joy. I can't hear your amen or your hallelujah. I'm going to need you to type it in the chat because everybody needs joy. And what I want you to understand today is that there is an indescribable sense of gladness and happiness. Can I just tell you for a moment that joy is indeed a part of your emotional and spiritual well-being. You need joy today. You don't have to think about having joy. I want you to understand joy is a natural response to a reality established in a relationship with God. I'm going to say that again because I want that to sink in for a moment. Joy is a natural response to a reality established in a relationship with God. If you have joy, it's because you are deeply and closely connected to the Lord Jesus Christ. Joy is a reality that we experience naturally as a byproduct of a relationship with God. I want you to th just think about that. It's a natural byproduct. It is a, it is a consequence, if I could put it that way. Joy is. It is a fruit of being connected to him. And whenever the spirit of God is working in our lives, certain kinds of things just happen. Certain kinds of things are just experienced. That's why the Bible says in the book of Galatians chapter 5 that the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, did you hear me there? It's just, it's, it's, it's there, it's inherent, it's obvious, it's going to happen, it's natural. Joy is not the product of you thanking yourself there. Joy is not the product of you working yourself there. Joy is not the product of you doing enough to get to a certain place. Joy is the product of knowing you belong to him and he belongs to you. That's what joy is, praise God. And I want you to understand that the kingdom of God, the kingdom that Jesus offers us today is a kingdom of joy. Every person in this room and our live stream team with a pulse, God needs joy. Every person watching online at home needs joy. Every person that is a part of the Extraordinary Church family needs joy. Come on, if you know you need joy this afternoon, why don't you just begin to bless him? Come on, why don't you open up your mouth and thank him for joy. 
See, Nehemiah is speaking to a people who come from 70 years of Babylonian captivity. They have been in Babylon for 70 years. And your Bible says that when they come back under the leadership of Ezra and Nehemiah, they begin to rebuild their life. They begin to rebuild their city. And most importantly, they begin to rebuild their relationship with God. But they've been in bondage so long, they don't know how to live for God in joy. Oh, my God. Listen to what Nehemiah said. He reminded them like this in Nehemiah 8 and 10. He said, then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portion to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. See, Nehemiah is reminding the people of God that you've been in this but you're not in bondage anymore. You're back home now. It's not a time of sorrow, but you can have joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I want to tell you one of the greatest truths that you and I will ever come in contact with is that strength in life comes from joy in Jesus. Strength in life comes from joy in Jesus. If you want to have true strength in life, if you want to have true vitality, if you want to know how to fall down and get back up and keep moving forward, then you've got to understand that strength comes from having joy in Jesus. See, one-third, one-third of the kingdom of God is called joy. In the 17th verse of the 14th chapter of Roman, Paul says that the kingdom of God is not what you eat, it's not what you drink, but the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. See, if you're a mathematician, then you understand what Paul just articulated in the 14th chapter of Romans is that one-third of God's kingdom is joy. Praise God. So all you joy haters and all you people who don't like happy folk and everybody who's always looking down on people and you're so cynical and skeptical, you just get mad with people who have a faith-filled, optimistic outlook on life and you just think they're giddy. They're not giddy. They've tapped into something in a supernatural reality that is a product of a relationship with Jesus Christ who conquered everything for you and for me. And it means that no matter what I'm going through no matter what you're going through at the end of the day I've read the back of this book and I know that we win and because we know we're going to win we can have joy and here's the reality of it I'm here today to encourage somebody somebody needs to not only get their fight back but their joy back God wants you to know that his joy is your strength you don't need to give up you don't need to hang out you need to wait on the Lord and let him renew you with his joy praise God but here's the thing See, most people don't like you having joy. And they don't want your joy. They just don't want you to have it. <laughs> but I don't know about you, but if Jesus came to pay for my joy, I think I'm going to have joy. <laughs> so pardon me, because I'm going to give God praise for just a minute, because I'm going to have joy. Come hella high water, I'm going to have joy. Come COVID or not, I'm going to have joy. Come technical difficulties or not, I'm going to have joy. I'm going to have joy because he is God, and he is God all by himself. He picked me up out of my mess, and I'm here today by his grace. So excuse me, because I have 
joy. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you praise. We give you worship. How many of you are going to have joy this afternoon? Praise God. Praise God. If you're going to have joy, go ahead and shout it out on the chat. I'm going to have joy. See, I want you to know that it would seem common sense and logical, of course, to feel like we've just survived this season, Jordan, and that we're just getting through all of this. And when we go back to life as usual, things will then I'll experience my restoration of joy when we can get back to church in person. And trust me, I'm eager to have church in person. But I want you to know right now, if you don't lose your joy, you won't need a restoration of joy. If you never lose your joy and you don't have to go find it, I'm telling you, you just because the world is in mass panic, well, maybe not the world, praise God. I think the world is no longer panicking concerning COVID. But just because Ontario or Canada is in mass panic doesn't mean you have to be in mass panic. You can have joy, a joy that the world didn't give and the world can't take it away. I want you to think about this. In all kinds of fear, I'm telling you, in the middle of mess, there is nothing about the lordship of Jesus Christ that hasn't changed. He's not abandoned his throne. He's not out on vacation. He is still El Shaddai. He still has all power. He's still the God of all night. He's still the God that runs the world, that put the stars in place. He's still, oh my God, on the throne, and he is in charge. There's a kingdom of joy, righteousness, peace, and joy. It's a kingdom of righteousness, Jaden. The kingdom of God is righteousness. See, I'm not going to preach on righteousness this afternoon, and I'm not really going to preach on peace, but let me just push pause here for a moment to stay here for just a second so that you know that the kingdom of God is righteousness because it involves a king who paid the price for our sin so that we could have righteousness. In other words, we are in right standing with God because he shed his blood for us. See, Sister Patty Cake and Brother Jojo didn't get saved by their words. They got saved because Jesus died in their place. You and I are not here because of what we deserve. We are not saved by our works. We are born again of the water and the spirit. And because we have experienced the new birth, Jesus has imputed righteousness into our spiritual account. We were bankrupt and on our way to hell. But today, as I am seen by God in heaven, I'm not seen by my failure. I'm seen by the work that he did on the cross. And he conquered sin in the flesh. I'm called righteous by God. And I give him praise for that. Come on, I give him praise for that. Does anybody want to join me in giving him praise? Because he bore the price of our sin. He became sin for us. John said he's the propitiation of our sin. And watch this. See, when you have righteousness, when you have righteousness, then you have peace with God. <laughs> praise God. That's why the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace. And see, what I want you to understand is righteousness produces peace. 
Y'all not ready for me this afternoon. I need to take this thing off. Praise God. I'm sweating up in here already. I'm telling you right now, righteousness produces peace. See, there was no peace, Sarah, between God and man until God decided to robe himself in the flesh. Jesus didn't make a down payment. He didn't put you and I on layaway. He paid the whole price. He didn't say, I'm coming back to finish the job. He, when he hung on the cross, when he was dying, he said, it is finished. And I'm thankful today because he finished it. Not only because he finished it, do I have righteousness, I'm right with God in my life, but I also have the peace of God in my life. His blood has covered my sins and he separated them as far as the east is from the west. This is why Paul said, it, we, we, we famously quote, Romans 8, the latter part of it, what shall separate you from the love of God? But if you just go a couple of passages before, this is why Paul says, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who, who shall separate us from the love of God? Woo, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for your sake we are killed all the day long we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter in other words what am I trying to tell you no one can bring a charge against the elect of God nobody can walk into your past pull something out of your closet that will make God change his mind about you Woo, that's why every time we come together, you ought to come in with the praise. This is why every time you get ready to gather around the computer or the TV, you might as well get ready to give them a praise. The moment you put foot on the floor from the bed, you ought to give God a praise because he accepts us because of the sacrifice he laid down for you and I. We have peace because we're right with him. It's the kingdom of God. It's righteousness peace and then there is the reality of this gladness it's gladness that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ it's the sense of sanctification and fulfillment it's the thing that makes us smile it's it's kind of like you know what you've probably heard me say this at some point but if you're happy you should notify your face Praise God. Can I, can, there are too many Christians who claim eternal life in Jesus Christ and they look like they're on their way to hell. I was, listen, I, you know, here, here is the problem with Christians today because I don't know about you, but I'm not content to not experience everything that's in this book. I'm not here to just say a little prayer and to sign a church roll or, or, no, 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 no. I'm not minimizing those things. But when you experience the new birth of Jesus Christ, I want to experience all that's in this book. And I can remember early on in my Christianity, I got around some people who were negative and critical and backbiting, if you will. And those things began to get a hold of me. But I got frustrated because 
I wasn't living a victorious life. I wasn't walking in joy and I wasn't walking in the abundance and I wasn't seeing the miracles and I wasn't seeing my God should supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I wasn't walking in overcoming conquering power and then I realized something is wrong. Something's wrong with my relationships. Something's wrong with my mind. Something's wrong with the way that I'm wired. I wasn't allowing the word of God to get deep root in me. I wasn't allowing it to transform my life. I was trying to go from one high to another high but going from one Sunday to another Sunday one camp to another camp can't sustain you but what can sustain you is dying daily picking up your cross leaning into his presence getting in his word hide it in your heart so you won't sin against him let it build up your faith put one foot in front of the other and have joy in Jesus something's different See, I realize there's some people who claim to be Christians, but they're not. There's some different reality. There's a different biblical reality about the child of God. Whew. See, some of us should just be grateful. I know we're not going. <laughs> I know we're not what we're going to be. But praise God, I'm not who I used to be. And there ought to be some sense of joy and gladness about us because the work of Jesus Christ and what he's done in our life, this is a kingdom of joy. This is a kingdom of joy. And a third of the kingdom is joy. Another is peace. Can you just think about this? I know I'm in the Holy Ghost because I can feel it right now as I'm preaching it. Tell me a day in our lives when our peace and joy were under a greater attack than they are right now. You tell me. Tell me a time when our peace and our joy has never, it's under attack like it's never been before. That is precisely one of the reasons why I decided to go on a media fast, a media detox, a media cleanse. I decided I'm done with the foolishness of the world. I'm done with the CBC. I'm done with CNN. I'm done with Fox. I'm done with whatever it is. I, I, I'm not watching it. I'm not fooling with it. Not only the news, but uh, this entertainment. I said, I'm done with it. Because, why did I do so? Because I have found that thieves want to come and often take your joy. See, and what we have done is, I don't have them on me, but we've, given our, we've just given them the keys. We've just given them the keys, but the joy of the Lord is our strength. And if you take that truth and invert it, it's the heaviness of the world that is defeat. If the joy of the Lord is our strength and you take that truth and invert it, then the heaviness of the world is defeat. It's weakness. And you want to know why you're running around anemic? You want to know why you're spiritually, oh my God, why you're spiritually lethargic? You want to know why there's no power flowing through your life? It's because the heaviness of the world is upon you. But James said, keep yourself unspotted from the things of this world. I'm not telling you to be ignorant of COVID-19, but I'm telling you, you better get in the book. You better build up your faith. You better quit listening to every negative report. You better quit following every trend on Facebook and Instagram and get in the Word. 
My God, I wasn't going to say it because I'm not trying to be political. I'm not political. I could care less about politics. I don't play politics in the church. I'm sure not going to play them outside of the church. But isn't it interesting that the world, and every time you turn on, they don't want us to have hope. Oh, the cases are, are down to 600. Everybody wants to know that the cases are down. But we're not out of the woods yet. Oh, it's only going to be 15 days to flatten the curve. Here we are 15 months later, still trying to flatten the curve. Oh, we're going to get to phase one or step one. Oh, but don't get too excited because now there's the Indian variant. I'm done with the things of the world. If we're going to live in strength and we're going to live in overcoming life, this cannot just be a spiritual pep rally. We have people that have been in the kingdom of God, loving God for years. I've talked with several people. Several people are at their wits end, if you will. I know some folks who have family members who literally just saying, I don't even know if God loves me anymore. Is any of this even real? Can I tell you? It's because where did all this foolishness come from? I'm telling you right now, I know you don't want me to preach about it. I'm preaching about the kingdom of God. But you need to realize we have an enemy, and he is the devil, and he is real, and he is coming after you and your family. It won't make you feel comfortable. It won't make you want to run and shout. But there is a devil loose in Canada. You don't want me to talk about it, but I'm telling you, he came to kill, steal, and destroy. Evil men are not evil because we're living in perilous times, but they have been, oh my God, but the times have become perilous because men have chosen evil over God. I want you to understand today that every time somebody mocks the Lord, disobeys the Lord. They harden their heart against God. And it opens up this world for more evil. And I know this sounds old-fashioned. Oh, my God. But this is the very reason why God called us to live pure and holy lives. To slam the door shut on the enemy who came to destroy our lives. Everywhere you look, there's another report trying to steal your joy. Oh, this isn't political, but I'm watching people become suicidal. They've been serving the Lord for years and they're disconnected. They're isolated in life. It's exactly what Satan has designed to separate you and to pull you away, to bring you into a sense of hopelessness. And there are too many people who are born of God, born of the kingdom of God, citizens of the kingdom of God. And have forgotten that the citizenship in heaven that we have is more than just attending church. This is about eternal life. It's not just about the, the by and by and the nasty. Now, I have joy right now in the nasty right now. I don't have to wait till my feet touch golden streets. I'm living in the middle of the kingdom of God right now. My sins are forgiven. My enemies are under his feet. My God, my mind has been renewed. My family is blessed. We are the people of the Lord and the citizens of the kingdom of God. Listen to me. We have access to a promise called joy. Somebody give him praise. Somebody give him worship. Praise God. 
Come on, somebody bless him. I'm going to ask our band to come for just a moment. We get ready to land this plane here. I often feel like in the Old Testament and the New Testament, because if you see it in the Old Testament, not that it legitimizes the new, because the scripture should interpret scripture. It's perfectly in harmony. But I do believe it's the intention of God to show us things, to foreshadow things in the Old Testament and help us to connect it in the New Testament. It really brings out the heart of God. And you will understand if you look at this in the Old Testament and in the New that God wants to bring all of us into a kingdom of joy. Praise God. Now, I will be the first. This is, this is interesting. Now, I've told you about the principle of first. I believe in the principle of first. In other words, when you read it in Scripture and you see it for the first time, it should hit us differently because of the profound impact, what God is trying to convey to us. He wants us to understand something here. Do you know the first time we read the word worship? We read the word worship for the first time with Abraham. When did we read the word joy for the first time? Now, I'll tell you. The first time we read the word joy is in 1 Samuel 18. Now, you might find that hard to believe. Now, I know right now there's somebody who might be a Hebrew scholar, and you know that the same word used for joy in the, uh, 1 Samuel 18 is also used three other times in the Old Testament before 1 Samuel 18. However, the word joy itself and the description of that feeling I'm talking about is used the very first time in 1 Samuel chapter 18. It's the first time in the whole Bible that the word joy is used. And it's right after when David wins a battle. Now it happened as they were coming home when David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistine that the women had come out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines with joy and with musical instruments praise God see isn't it interesting because what we see in the life and the reign of a man named David is an Old Testament foreshadowing of a kingdom that would come and be established through his great 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 grandson Jesus Christ this is an Old Testament foreshadowing and type of what was to come in the New Testament and it was established through the life of a man named David why well if you're going to have a kingdom of joy you have to have the right king. My God. Oh, Jesus. See, when David comes on the scene, you remember this. Saul is king at the, at the time. Saul was king. But the problem with Saul is he wasn't God's king. Saul is the product of people choosing its king. If you go back to 1 Samuel chapter 16, I'm going to have to preach this thing a little longer than I normally preach, so bear with me. But when the Bible says the people of God came to Samuel, Samuel had two sons. They were crooked. They were, they were wrong. They did not honor the people of God. They did not honor God himself. And they were backwards. And they did not get this from Samuel. But the people did not trust them and their leadership. So they went to Samuel and said, give us a king. See, but when the people of God experience leaders with an impure heart, they begin to desire a king like the rest of the nations. And the problem is this. The problem is not that they wanted a king. The problem is they wanted a king more than they wanted God. 
you must be careful that you don't crave a leader before you crave God because if you crave leadership more than you crave God God will give you hope you'll get a leader that doesn't love God and there's a lot of people right now struggling because they have <laughs> because they have what they wanted to seek they wanted to seek a man and they got a man that did not know God but I got news for you if you seek God he'll give you a man or a woman somebody who can help you live your life in victory that has a heart for Jesus they wanted a man they didn't want God and he told God told Samuel, they haven't rejected you. They've rejected me. And because they rejected me, God gave him a man who didn't know him. His name was Saul. Saul sitting on the throne of Israel. And the problem is when you have a king that doesn't have the heart of God, you may have a kingdom, but it's not a kingdom of joy. I want you to think about that for a moment. I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. They had a king. And they had a kingdom, but it wasn't a kingdom of joy. And if you trace the whole life and reign of King Saul, you will see that the life and reign of King Saul produced a nation that did not know joy. And it is not until another comes in place, another king comes in place, and because David had been anointed the throne, oh my God, that Israel for the first time ever, they experienced joy. Why did they experience joy? Because the right king was on the throne. See, God took the kingdom away from Saul and gave it to his anointed David. There's a reason right now, I'm preaching to somebody, listen to me. There's a reason right now you don't have joy. You got the wrong king on the throne of your heart. You'll never have joy until the right king on the throne is on the throne of your heart. You'll never have true peace. You'll never have true joy until you get the right king on the throne of your heart. Some people have no joy because they have selected the wrong king. Can I tell you, your king might be a liberal or your king might be a conservative. But I am going to drive the kingdom of God in this place until we come into alignment with his kingdom. Your king is not in Washington, D.C. Your king is not in Ottawa. Our king was not selected king. He was not elected king. He was not voted king. He was born king. He's the king of the Jews. He's the king of the Gentiles. He's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. He's the king of heaven and he's the king of earth. He's, he's the king of life. He's the king of the kingdom of joy. He is the word of life. He's the righteous judge. He's the shepherd and the bishop of our souls. He's the light of the world and the head of the church. He's the morning star, the resurrection and the life. He's the horn of our salvation. Oh my God, I just want to say his name so that every devil in hell will tremble at the name of Jesus. Somebody say his name. Somebody praise him. Somebody open up your mouth and speak the name of Jesus and receive your joy. Come on and praise him. There's a reason why, why joy is in 1 Samuel 18. It's because they got the right king on the throne. But see, 
this is a picture of the kingdom of God. I'm getting ready to land this plane. When they put King Jesus in his rightful place, he's supposed to be on the throne of our hearts. See, when that happens, you get the right king, you get in alignment. You begin to experience the kingdom of joy. But there's another reason. There's another reason why it's a kingdom of joy. Why are they having joy? They're not only having joy because the right king is on the throne, but they have joy because David is carrying the head of Goliath. <laughs> I want to tell you right now, joy comes as a product of victory over your enemies. <laughs> y'all gonna have to rock with me today. I feel like I'm pulling on y'all. I'm gonna need y'all to help me out. There's only, there's not only a kingdom of joy, there's a context of joy. Joy isn't realized in the deepest degree that it can be until you're going to the middle of a conflict that doesn't look like you're going to come out. But I got somebody who is getting ready to sling a stone like David was getting ready to sling it and say, I don't come to you with spears and a sword, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts and his name is Jesus. I'm telling you, you better sling that stone and slay that depression. Sling that stone and slay that pornography. Sling that stone and slay that disobedience. Sling that stone and slay that bad attitude. Sling that stone. Come on, your joy is on the other side of your victory. I'm telling you, he already defeated death, hell, and the grave. He can take care of depression. He can take care of a headache. He can take care of COVID. He is greater. Woo. See, some people don't have much joy because they haven't experienced much victory. But when you experience victory, my God, I'm ready to preach this thing so bad. Jesus, help me today. Some of us, when you begin to experience victory, you can't sit down. You want to know why I'm passionately preaching? Because I remember what it was like to be pound. I remember what it was like to be shackled up. Couldn't give God praise. But I serve a God who got through all of that, reached out and picked me up out of my mess. Ain't no way in God's green earth I'ma sit still. Ain't no way in the world I'ma be cute and worry about who's seen me. I'ma lift my hands, I'ma open up my mouth, and I'ma give him the praise he's worthy of. Why? Because this joy, I said this joy, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it. This joy that I have, the world can't take it away. This joy that I have is, is the power of God. It's the hope of God. It's the Spirit of God alive in me. Oh my God. Gratifying victory. And here's what God does. See? Here's what He does, Marcus. He goes and He, he goes and he fights the battle for you. And he gets the, the head of your enemy. And he brings it back to you. And he gives you the victory. And all you have to do is praise. All you have to do is worship. Why? 
because you have joy <laughs> because you have joy joy that God is on your side and if God be for you who can be against you joy that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world joy that I'm going to overcome joy that in spite of what I'm going through in my home we're going to make it joy that in spite of COVID he is still God joy that because I can't go outside and hang with my neighbors I'm still going to have joy and the kingdom of God is joyful 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 oh I feel the Holy Ghost tugging on us today I want us to do this I want us just to give God a praise we're gonna come and we're gonna worship here in a moment but I want us to give him a praise a praise a praise a praise where your kids might not understand what's going on at home a praise where you might have to yell and you might be living in an apartment community or a town home and they might be wondering what in the world is happening over there but you're gonna have to turn it up and give God some praise because he is worthy and of what he has done in your life if you're ready to give him praise I want you to begin to put those hands together come on I want you to begin to magnify him because he's great and greatly to be praised he's the victorious one he is the one who is undefeated he's never lost a battle and he won't start now he died to give you victory he died so you would have his joy and he wants you to walk in his joy and the joy of the Lord is your strength so you want to know you want to know how you get joy well the Bible says in the presence of the Lord there is fullness fullness of joy and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore well see he inhabits the praises of Israel his people and if he inhabits the praises of his people that's how I get into his presence I call on his name I get into Sarah's presence by talking with her connecting with her by loving on her and affirming her I could be talking to her and she not even be engaged but the moment I begin to appeal to her and I begin to make eye contact and I begin to pour out my love to her, she manifests herself in a different way. I'm telling you right now, if you'll just begin to praise the Lord and magnify Him, the manifested presence of God will show up in your room and God will do a work that only He can get the glory for. And if you're ready for that, you ought to give Him praise. listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.